1: It's time once again for another look into God's infallible book. I want to welcome you to another broadcast of the Riches of Grace. It's my privilege to be your host and Bible teacher each week as we meet together here um, at this radio microphone and radio station to uh, study the Word of God together, allow the Spirit of God to teach us through His Word. My name is Richard Jordan. That's not important, but people ask me to say it, so I've I've said it. This program is really brought to you by Christian people that believe the Bible to be the Word of God and who appreciate its power and authority, its ability to change your life to work effectually in you that believe to bring forth the transforming power the exceeding greatness of the power of the spirit of god that lives in you you see it's the it's your faith resting in an intelligent understanding of god's word to you that gives the spirit of god the the capacity uh the the, the power as it were the the release as it is uh, to bring that that life that is that is yours in Christ Jesus into the experience of your life on a daily basis. We have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. And when you stand in the truth of God's Word, the uh, uh, the, the truth of, of who God has made you in Christ, you're dead with Christ, you're crucified with Him, you're buried with Him, you're alive with Him. And that's the secret of the Christian life, our faith, standing on the facts of our identification with the Lord Jesus Christ gives the Holy Spirit the freedom to bring that finished work of Christ, that that liberating life of the Lord Jesus Christ into the details of our life on a daily basis. He died for us to pay for our sins, to justify us. He died as us to give us identification and liberty from sin. Then He rose From the dead, you see, there's the finality of the cross that puts away the sin issue. Then there's the reality of the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why salvation is more than just simply forgiveness. Oh, isn't it wonderful that it is that? But there's more to it. There's life in Christ Jesus, and the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Well, it's that Word of God. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The Spirit of God wrote His Word, and the Spirit of God uh, uses His Word, doesn't work apart from His Word. Someone asked me just a couple of days ago, what does what, what inspiration, what does that mean? And you know, if you just look at that word, inspiration, in spirit God, the Holy Spirit, put His life in some words. He wrote those words down, in a book has preserved them through history for us. We have it translated into our own language right here on the table in front of us. And when you have a King James Bible in front of you, you have every verse that ought to be in the Bible in that book. You have left out every book that ought not be in the Bible. And you have them translated into your language exactly the way they need to be translated so that you can trust them and rest your life in them and then the law the spirit of life in Christ Jesus makes you free from the law of sin and death well we're looking at uh, in our studies together at the issue of uh, of Pentecost and we've been looking now for a month or so in our studies at, at what went, what really went on on the day of Pentecost and it's startling for for most people to, to discover that Pentecost was never designed to be a pattern for you and me to follow today. Most of Christianity, most of the church, so-called, looks at Pentecost as the pattern for today. But when you begin to study the Bible carefully, you discover that rather than constituting a pattern for our obedience and for us to follow in the dispensation of grace, the book of Acts really it's a book of transition. It's designed to explain why the program that begins in the early part of the book of Acts passes away by the time you come to the latter part of the book of Acts. And what the book of Acts does is it confirms the epistle of the, the apostle Paul that the fulfillment of prophecy has, and, and I said temporarily for the present, given way to the unfolding of the mystery of God's purpose and plan in the body of Christ. That's why when you begin the book of Acts, you're reading about that which is spoken by the mouth of all the holy prophets since the world began. When you come to the ministry of the Apostle Paul in the book of Acts, he says in Romans 16 that he's preaching Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest. I say it all the time to you, you can figure that out. You just take Acts 3.21 and Romans 16.25 and 26 and look at them, and you'll see they're different. You don't need to understand a thing about Greek. You don't need to read Hebrew. You don't need a preacher that can do those things. You don't need a college education. You don't need to go to seminary. You should take those two verses, Acts 3.21 and Romans 16.25, and look at them and compare them. And what you'll discover is that they're talking about two diametrically different things. You can see it, you can understand it, you can figure it out. You might not know what to do with it, you might not like it, but the fact is the Bible's not that hard to understand. It is hard to believe when it contradicts what you thought it was supposed to say. I got that. I understand that. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt, okay? But that doesn't change what it says. Pentecost in us never has been, never will be. You say, yeah, but but, but but Brother Rick, wait a minute. What about the baptism of the Spirit on the day of Pentecost? Now, last week I started talking to you about the, the whatabouts. It's been a couple of weeks giving you six or seven reasons why Pentecost isn't us. It's no secret. It uh, was a continuation of Israel's prophetic program. It, Peter calls it the last days. It wasn't the first days of anything. It's continuing Israel's prophetic program. Israel wasn't fallen. Uh, There was a church already in existence, so nothing new, no no new church began. The program that was in operation at Pentecost is entirely different than the program that we live under today. The baptism with the Spirit on the day of Pentecost is different from the baptism by the Spirit into the body of Christ. And beside all that, the body of Christ, the dispensation of grace, began with the Apostle Paul, as so say his epistles. So why do people want to hang on to Israel? Why do they want to hang on to Pentecost? Why, do, why? Why would you want to hang on to a Jewish feast day and the prophetic program? That's not the body of Christ. Well, the two basic reasons that I can figure out: one is people want to be Israel. I mean, the God of the Bible says a couple hundred times he's, that He's the God of Israel, and people want to claim Israel's blessings and Israel's endowments and Israel's, uh, you know, their their lost system and their their uh, temple and their days and their altars. And so- I mean, if you got if you got a church you call a house of God, you got an altar in that building and uh, you've got sacrifices that you do in that building and you think it's a good idea to keep the law and feast days, you know, religious holidays, then you you would be naturally inclined to want to be a part of Pentecost because it's a Jewish feast day. That's why, you know, people want to be Israel. They also want to justify the religious rites. Listen, if you want to practice water baptism and talk in tongues and 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 practice healing, um, and you want you want you want to hang on to Israel, because that's what Israel, that, Pentecost. That's what Pentecost's all about. So people want to do those things, but that's just not what the text says. So you say, well, okay, I got that. But what about Brother Rick? And I realize that anything anybody ever teaches, there's always the what Yeah, but what about? <laughs> and I realize that. And I talked to you last week about two of them. The most significant one, uh, and this is probably the most significant reason people cling to Pentecost, is the issue of Pentecost being the baptism of the Spirit. And when you have the baptism with the Holy Spirit, people immediately assume that that's what's happening in the church, the body of Christ. But we look last time, you just take Matthew 3.11, John the Baptist. He says, that which is spoken, he said, I'm sorry, <laughs> um, Matthew 3.11, I indeed baptize you with water. But he that comes after me, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So John, so there's a, a, a water baptism that John is preaching. Then there's going to be a baptism with the Holy Spirit. Now John is baptizing with water, but the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, is going to baptize with the Holy Spirit. So the Spirit baptism that John's talking about is the Messiah Jesus baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter one. Before the Lord Jesus Christ ascended into heaven, he told his apostles, go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. For John truly baptized with the Holy Ghost, but ye should be baptized with the, uh, John indeed baptized with water, but ye should be indeed baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. So in Acts 1 verse 5, he told them, wait until you get baptized with the Holy Ghost. Now in Matthew 3.11, I know who's going to baptize him because John said Jesus is going to do it. So who is it that baptized the the folks in the day of Pentecost with the Holy Spirit? Jesus did. Now, he, he shed forth this which you now see and hear, Peter said. Now compare that with 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. Now that body is the body of Christ, verse 27. By one Spirit not by the Lord Jesus Christ, but by one Spirit, God, the Holy Spirit. Do you know the difference between the second person of the Godhead, Jesus Christ, and the third person, the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Jesus baptized them with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit baptizes us into the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you can't see the difference between that— I have to conclude you're blind in one eye, can't see out of the other, and I don't mean that—I'm being funny about that. I'm sarcastic. But, uh, I mean, if you can't see the difference in that, friend, it's got to be because you don't want to see it, because they're not the same. So the idea that the baptism of the Spirit on the day of Pentecost tells you that that's the body of Christ is backwards. On the day of Pentecost, Christ baptized people with the Holy Spirit. In the body of Christ, the Holy Spirit baptizes people into Jesus Christ. Now, in connection with that, probably the—and and, and that's, by the way, that's the most common reason given for Pentecost being us. Probably the easiest to misunderstand ideas would be a verse like Romans 16, five, uh, 7. Where Paul says, Salute Andronicus and Junia, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners, who are of note among the apostles, who were in Christ before me. And people say, well, see, there were people who were in the body of Christ before Paul. Galatians chapter number 1 is a corollary kind of a, of a verse. Galatians 1 verse 13 Paul says, For you have heard of my conversation in time past, that is, before he got saved, in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. So when he refers to the Pentecostal church, he calls it the church of God. He says in First Corinthians 10, there's Jew, Gentile, and the church of God. And so the idea is that Paul thought that the Pentecostal church was the church of God, he says there were people in Christ before him, therefore they must have been in the body of Christ. You see, Romans 16:7 doesn't say they were in the body of Christ. It says they were in Christ. Now, that's an interesting verse. Because the idea of being in Christ, what are we talking about? Well, look back with me at the book of Isaiah, chapter number 45. The term in Christ, there are only two places you can be, in Adam all died, in Christ should all be made alive. The term being in Christ is what we would call a redemptive term. In other words, you're either in Adam or you're in Christ. What is your position before God? If you're in Adam, you're lost, death. But if you get out of Adam and into Christ, you get this new position, then you have life. Isaiah 45. Now, Isaiah is a prophet for the nation Israel. Isaiah 45, the very last verse. In the Lord. Now, that Lord there is Jehovah. But if you look back at verse number 23, uh, Isaiah 45, verse 23, he said, I have sworn by myself, the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return, that unto me, Jehovah, every knee shall bow bow and every tongue shall confess. Now in Philippians chapter 2, verse 9, 10, and 11, Paul quotes that verse as a reference to the Lord Jesus Christ. So the Jehovah that's talking here in, in, in Isaiah 45 is Jehovah God the Son. And he says in verse 25, In the Lord shall all the seed of Israel be justified. You see, that's being in Christ is a is a redemptive term. In John chapter number 14 and John chapter number 17, John, the Lord Jesus Christ, tells his apostles, he says, In that day you should know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. Well, to be in Christ and to have Christ in them, that meant that they were a part of the family, they were a part of the true, They were righteous. They were justified. They were believers in Israel. So you can be in Christ according to the prophetic program. That's what Isaiah 45 is all about. To be in Christ according to prophecy is to have trusted Him as your Messiah. So you can be in Christ according to prophecy. That's why uh, in Acts chapter 5, he said they were added to the Lord. In other words, you remember in Matthew 25, he says, when you did one of the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. That's Israel in the tribulation. Well, being in Christ according to prophecy is different from being in Christ according to the mystery. When you're in Christ according to prophecy, you're a part of the believing remnant, the little flock in Israel. That's a part of the prophetic program. That's what was going on the day of Pentecost. He's putting people into Christ according to prophecy. But to be in Christ in Paul's epistles is to be in Christ not according to prophecy, because you weren't there on the day of Pentecost. But it's to be in Christ according to the according to the mystery. That is to be in the body of Christ, in the church, the body of Christ. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse sixteen and seventeen. Two wonderful verses about this. Second Corinthians five, verse sixteen. Wherefore, henceforth, notice the, the dispensational timing here. Here's the timeline. From this point of the timeline forward, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh. So prior to this point, you knew Christ after the flesh. What is that talking about? Well, if you go back to Romans chapter number 9, Romans 9, verse number uh, 4, talking about Israel, he said, "'Who are Israelites?' Romans 9, 4. To whom pertaineth the adoption, and the glory, and the covenants, and the giving of the law, and the service of God, and the promises? Whose are the fathers, and of whom, listen, as concerning the flesh, Christ came? So to know Christ after the flesh is to know Christ in his coming to the nation Israel. And though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet know we him no more. We no longer know Christ after his coming to the nation Israel. Therefore, because we have this new way of knowing Christ, how is that? Through the revelation of the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery, which has kept secret since the world, but now is made manifest. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, that is, if any man be in Christ in this, not after the flesh, but in this new way of knowing Christ... He's a new creature. Well, what's the new creature? The new creature is the one new man. It's the body of Christ. Old things are passed away. All the previous dispensational situation is passed away. Behold, all things are new. There is a completely new dispensational order and identity. You see, when you get put into Christ today, you don't become a spiritual Jew. You don't become a part of the nation Israel. In Christ, there's neither Jew or Gentile, bond or free, male or female, but we're all one in Christ. You become a part of a body where there's absolute, complete, total spiritual equality. You're blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. You're made complete in Him. We have people in our assembly uh, who've been saved 70 years. We have some people in our assembly who've been saved less than a week. The person that's been saved 70 years doesn't have one spiritual blessing that the people that have been saved a week have. They all have every spiritual blessing. Why? Because they're in Christ. The only difference between them is that one of them has had more time to put his nose in the Bible and find out about them. So their knowledge of of their blessings, their knowledge level is different. But they have all spiritual blessings. Why? Because they're in Christ. And if any man today is in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed. You have a complete, total, new identity. You're not Israel. You're no longer an Adam. You're in Christ. You're a member of the church, the body of Christ. And you've got this new identity. All things are of God. You've got this wonderful new identity as a member of the church, the body of Christ. And by the way, in Christ there is neither Jew or Gentile. I love that. When you're in the body of Christ, you don't get a status of being a Jew or a Gentile. He said that's in Galatians 3.28. He says in Galatians 5, there's neither circumcision avails anything nor uncircumcision, but the new creature. Galatians 6.15. You see, the only thing that counts today is who God has made you in his son, as a member of the church, the body of Christ. And by the way, if you're in Christ, and in Christ, there's, in the body of Christ today, there's no Jew or Gentile, he couldn't put you in Christ and make you a spiritual Jew. You see, he didn't make you a replacement for old Israel. I know, that, that's, what, that, that's what gets taught, you know, that we replaced Israel, that they got all the cursings, we got all the spiritual blessings, and that we're really a spiritual Jews today. But the problem with that is that in the body of Christ, there's no status of being a Jew, so they couldn't. You, he couldn't put you in a place where there is no Jewish status and make you a spiritual Jew. <laughs> it doesn't work. Now you say, you is that being anti-Semitic?" That's no, not being anti-Semitic. That's being pro-saint. You see, Israel's problem isn't that they're Israel. Israel's problem is that they're, they're they're kin to Adam, just like everybody else. And what Israel has to have is what everybody else has to have: is a savior. And today God isn't saving people on the basis of their religious identity or their national privileges. He's He's concluded, everybody in unbelief, that he might have mercy upon all. Now, I know that that's offensive to the ears of religion. I know it's offensive to the pride of your flesh. But, my friend, that's the message of God's grace, that it's not what you do, it's not who you are, it's what the Lord Jesus Christ has done— and who he is, and when he hung on that cross, and he cried, "It's finished, the work was done, and dude, all you have to do is trust what Jesus Christ did. it's by just like by the disobedience of one, many were made sinners, by the obedience of one, many have made righteous, and he was obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. God isn't looking for your for your obedience; he's looking for your faith to rest and trust the obedience of his Son." Who died for you, was buried, and was raised again to be the one that gives you life. That's that's who we are. I look at the clock and I see that I gotta go. Well, maybe you're happy and I have to go. <laughs> maybe you're not. I don't know. Let me give you a free Bible study resource. I make these on purpose, just like I make this radio program. You're not just listening to something I did somewhere else or some of our normal meetings. I come and make this program. I just want to talk directly to you, and uh, and talk to you about the scripture. Just 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 us. And I made this study why Pentecost isn't us, just for our radio audience. But can I tell you, you need to be int- you need to be interested in serious Bible study. Uh, if you're not, well, save yourself some time and us some some of the Lord's money, and don't order the, don't request the the Bible study. But if you are. If you want to see what the Bible actually says about these issues and how right division can clear up the confusion and give light and understanding, then you call us and get a free copy of this Bible study, Why Pentecost Isn't Us. You call me here at our toll-free number, 888-535-2300. That number again is 888-535-2300. That's 888-535-2300. You can also look us up on the internet at graceimpact.org, graceimpact.org. That's how you can check us out. You can uh, see who we are, what we're about. And most importantly, you can access a a host of free Bible study material designed to help you understand and enjoy the Bible. That's graceimpact.org. And by the way, You can access archives of this broadcast, of our daily Bible Time radio broadcast, as well as our weekly television program, Forgotten Truths, on the website. It's all there. All of this, along with written Bible studies, conference messages, everything is designed to help you to understand and enjoy the Bible. There's a lot of goodies uh, to help you at graceimpact.org. One thing when you're at the website, you might look at is the information about Grace School of the Bible. That's our three year Bible Institute program. If you've ever if you've ever desired to really, genuinely be a serious student of the Word of God, if you want to be a perfected saint who can do the work of the ministry, not just a ninety day wonder, not just somebody that gets plugged into a job and they don't know what they're all about, but to have the word of God work effectually in you because it's gotten a, it's it's gotten that that uh, uh, that you've got that edification process, that perfecting process of the word done in your heart. The, if that's where your, your desire is, well, Grace School of the Bible is something you ought to consider because it was designed just with you in mind. It's available on an extension basis. First of all, you don't have to come to us; we'll send the school to you, and you can you can take the school in the con- context of your own scheduling demands your own family your own life through the use of video the key to the school however is not the delivery system the key to the school is that the curriculum in the school is based on the design set forth by the apostle paul for the for the perfecting for the maturing uh, of of a believer if a perfected saint is to do the work of the ministry then you need to be a perfected saint you're not going to become a perfected saint by being a 90-day wonder. You're not going to per- become a perfected saint by being trained in the denominational and religious system that the, uh, that that men have developed. You need to follow the divine design set forth in Paul's epistles, and the curriculum Grace School of the Bible uniquely follows that design. Check it out, graceimpact.org. And my friend, can I tell you? If you're still not sure that you have eternal life as a present possession, that all of your sins are forgiven, if you're not confident of that, absolutely sure of that, why don't you call the uh, call our number eight 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 five three five twenty three hundred, and tell the folks that answer the phone that you need to know for sure. There's some folks that'll sit with an open Bible and share with you the, the wonderful message of God's wonderful grace, so that you can be confident that all of your sins are forgiven, and that you have eternal life as a present possession. Everything starts right there in the Christian life. 888-535-2300. That's the number to call for information. Thanks for being with us today. It's always a joy to have you fellowship with us as we're here. Hope you're making it a habit to be with us each week. Tell, tell a friend about the, our, our study together and get them listening in with you, will you? And until we meet this same time next week right here, Maranatha. When you're living from day to day, remember what God's word has to say. Be strong in the Lord and His finished work, and let the words of Christ fill your soul. Stand fast in the liberty where Christ. Has set you free. Stand fast in the liberty of God. Remember that you're a son, a joint heir of inheritance.